Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew. We're going to be breaking down the 3M Open coming off of the Open Championship. Daily Roto subscriber, Ponta won the Millie Maker. Never thought I'd be saying those words. He wanted to retire from PGA DFS so bad, but they just, they were, the gods were like, nope, we're going to rope him in with the million dollar hit and keep him tilting Louio for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Ponta. He won the $4,444 buy-in. I think he had three entries in there. Um, quite the sweat for him. He was fending off Rom with that late charge and I was sweating the $100 milli. I ended up finishing 10th, but I was fifth, and Ron was making that charge. Like, if he had rolled in an eagle, I mean, he was just, he made so many putts, but I needed, like, two more to have, like, a real shot at first. I never got, never got the seven-figure screenshot in there. But um, I don't know, man. Ponta, at least he banked. Like, I did just well enough that I'll just dump money into PGA for the next, like, six months, uh, but I didn't do well enough to fund that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's it's the game. We we keep fighting on, and uh, we return to an event that does nothing but ever tilt me because uh, this was one of the last times that Bryson was in contention for a tournament at a good number, and Matthew Wolf made the first putt of his life from outside of twenty feet to uh, to make an eagle and and sink Bryson. This is a what this is only the third time they've played this event, I yeah. think, at the three M Open. It- they did play it last year. Golf was kind of back on, but yeah, that first year it was Matthew Wolf, Bryson, and Morikawa down the stretch. So it was all the, all the young guys. And last year wasn't quite as exciting with Michael Thompson with the win, but um, I think that shows you a little bit of what you're going to get. The winning score both years is close to 20 under par. So an easy event, got to shoot, you know, five under every day or throw an eight under round out there. Um, a birdie fest, not, not open championship, that's for sure. Although there were a lot of birdies last week too. There, there were a lot of birdies at the open championship. I think a lot more than people expected. So I, I guess probably the the big discussion point we have to get into at the top here is people are pretty heavily speculating that uh, Dustin Johnson and Louis might withdraw. Now, as of Tuesday, July twentieth at one o nine Central Time, we have no indication that Dustin Johnson or Louie would not play. And we actually haven't seen, I was just thinking about this when we were doing the podcast last week. We have not seen a phantom Louie withdrawal in quite some time. Is that, is that correct? Like I don't remember him showing up somewhere and withdrawing in a long time. Yeah. It it feels like it's been at least a year. Um, If not a little bit longer, it's always really tough. I mean, when he has done it, it's usually been injury related. Like there's no reason that he would travel from the open to Minnesota and then decide to pull out. So if you can catch like practice rounds on Wednesday or anything like that, then he's probably good to go. It does seem a little bit weird. I mean, especially for him, like he was over in Europe for the BMW, then played in the open. He was in contention. Like it just seems hard to get up for the 3M and, I don't know. There's always weird reasons these guys play, whether it's sponsors or having to kind of check some courses off their like four year rotation or whatever, four or six years, I forget what it is. But um, I don't know if you like a guy that's not Louis or DJ and you like their price, like bet them now because there's upside baked in there. But for DFS, like we don't have to make that decision. We can just wait and see and play the guys who are in the field. Right. 
Um, so yeah, uh, I guess does that, that does that like change anything for you? I mean, let's say Wednesday night we don't we still don't have anything. I mean, like DJ, I'm not sure he cares most weeks, so it's not like he's going to care any less this week. For me, it doesn't change much. Um, no, for me, for me, it would change because what you will what you will see is if one or both of them withdraw, that's going to really alter the ownership projection for Finau. It's going to really alter the ownership projection on Reed, Sergio. And then I think even on someone like Matthew Wolf, who we have a negative projection on, but maybe he's still playable just because of like course fit, course history type stuff. Like, but at, at like a 20% ownership projection, there's no way like that is completely unplayable. So I, I think that would definitely change the approach to the event. Cause like right now you get de- there's like decent ownerships on Reed and Sergio and stuff like that. But I think that would all get sucked out if DJ and Louis withdrew. Yeah, that's, I guess that's fair. Um, the course itself, you know, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. One of the epiphanies I had last week on Wednesday was that like the course fit being used in the model was for open championships and it wasn't for that specific course, which had shown to be more of a driving accuracy course. Um, and so that kind of got me on Morikawa, Corey Connors, Brian Harmon. And like this week, I know we've got the course fit as a big time driving accuracy course as well. We're looking at a two year sample. The first year it was Wolf and DeChambeau up there, not the most accurate players on tour. The second year, Michael Thompson won and the like the leaderboard is just is very average PGA Tour golfers. So it wasn't the strongest field we saw that year. And um, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm inclined not to play it with this like heavy course fit again this week, just because it's a two year sample at a pretty like LOL golf course. Well, I mean, I guess I guess what I would think for this golf course is that we are probably just going to see putting ending up mattering a ton in the end, but that's not something that we can use to be really predictive. Like, it's not like we can be like, Oh, you know, Robert McIntyre is this great putter or whatever. Like, I, I just think that so many of the results are going to end up being driven by putting. Cause it's not going to be hard to hit greens and regulation when guys are just hitting loads of greens and regulation. Other stats tend to matter less just because these guys are all really good professional golfers right and they're all going to give themselves a ton of chances to make birdies yeah and right now it's like popping as a big driving accuracy course so you're getting big boost to ches reevee brendan todd brian stewart ryan moore steve stricker like um those are the guys that the course fit with dave golf has popping a a bit right now yeah so so out of the female reed sergio grouping who is your favorite I, i think for me it would be Sergio because like he I I think long term he is probably the best of that group and his short term form has actually been a lot better than it was you know six months ago I I think Reed pretty clearly is the best long term of that group Um, I think his short term form is a little bit questionable like missed the cut last week but I, I also wouldn't be surprised at all to see him come out like even when he's in like a down form run for like two weeks or something like that and and win an event and uh, so I like Reed out of that, like little app. Once you get past DJ and Louie, I think I like Reed the best out of that group right now. It looks like Finau and Reed are going to be the two popular ones. So between those two, I would play Patrick Reed. Um, Sergio does look like he has potential to be a pivot in this range with a lot of people either going up above or going down to like Wolf, Tringali, Emiliano Grillo. Cool. So then the next group then, 
I, I would guess this would be the range that probably gets the most overowned relative to their projection. Wolf, Tringali, and Emiliano Grillo. Uh, and then I think probably even an argument that Bubba gets a little bit overowned. But then uh, you, on the other side of the coin, you say, well, if you're not playing these guys, then literally who are you playing? Are you playing six dudes from uh, 9,000 to 7,800 or whatever? Like, I, I guess that Grio seems like a great course fit just because if there's a ton of birdies out there, Grio is a great birdie maker. And then McIntyre actually has been a really good tee to green player. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think you're probably right. Like Wolf for us is the most overowned and the worst value of the group. But I think there are more question marks with his projection, just because he went through that stretch where he like withdrew a couple times. He talked about like mental health issues, and then he came back. You know, he played well at the U.S. Open, but missed the cut at the Travelers and didn't finish well at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he's just going through a lot. So like people are probably buying him to a little bit because he did win here. He came inside the top 15 last year as well. Um, I'll probably take a pass because he's popular, but I do think it's one of the guys where there's like a, you know, there's, if you wanted the, to regress, The projection could just be wrong. Sure. Yeah. If you wanted to play it closer to betting market odds or something like that, or halfway between that and Dave golf, I wouldn't fault you for it. Well, and, and also a, a negative value projection on Cameron Davis, a sub 10% projection ownership on Cameron Davis, you know, and, and he is a, he would be another guy where you could see the projection being wrong. He won the rocket mortgage classic, which is not going to be as LOL like rocket mortgage classic is like the most LOL golf course they play on tour, but certainly the rocket mortgage classic has more in common with this than it does, you know, the, the PGA championship or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if I think his projection is wrong there. Cause I can, there's not really as, as much of a story there. There's not like uh like Wolf had like the wrist injury issues too. And so I can see more of a story Davis. You can still like better than data golf does, but I don't see any reason there would be like a fault with his data in the same way that there would be guys who are either off long layoffs or, you know, Wolf's played like half as many events as he played last year. Um, and obviously a few left in the season, everyone, you know, trying to get their FedEx Cup points and position and stuff. But I think Rio's the, the best play of that kind of secondary tier. Uh, I'm curious where the market will shake out on him right now, 15%. I'd be, I'm fine with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you look at like a single entry field, that type of field might not play Wolf, might not play Tringali and might play Grio more. So maybe in those single entry cash formats, he's the most popular of that range. Yeah, I am. I am in on Robert McIntyre at this price. T eight at the Open, T eighteen at the Scottish Open, T thirty five at the U.S. Open, T forty nine at the PGA Championship. Like when he is play, I mean T twelve at the Masters. Like this dude's crushing. Like yeah, he this is, crushing. is he is really crushing. I didn't even realize he had been this good. He's up to uh, forty eight in the official World Golf Rankings for for those of you guys who care about things like that. But he he looks like he is really strong. And just just for like a showing what the course fit does to the projections, his baseline is actually similar to Keegan Bradley's. We have Keegan with the course fit baked in at thirty seven percent to T twenty versus McIntyre at thirty percent. But if you want to, if like you're where I'm a little wary on like the course fit this week, and I'd be fine playing those guys closer to equals. I think is Ricky Fowler back finally priced above seventy four hundred. Had this conversation before, like. Well, I mean, now like the, the difference is, is he finally there, there is like a result that you can point to like where he like actually has not missed cuts. Like he's actually made, made, yeah. cut, I mean, T11 at the, the Memorial five, or whatever. 
Yeah, like he he finally has shown like a little bit of form, but the market is not buying it. Uh, you know, under under ten percent projected ownership. I I think that um, I'm just gonna put my clown makeup on and and put him in the lineup. That, like my main single entry team this week. I I honestly think I'm he pretty sure like he was point. on. I'm pretty sure he was on Ponta's millimeter. He was. Lineup. He was. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Fowler is an okay play. Um. I, I you, think with like the long-term talented guys like him, speed during the resurgence or whatever, I'm fine using like a shorter term horizon uh, if you want on those guys and try to be a week early rather than a week late. Yeah. Um, are you, I, are like, you big on Keegan then? Well, that's, I, so I, I think I play Keegan closer to Robert McIntyre, but yeah, he's definitely just like by the numbers, he's definitely the best value of this range. I think. I've got him closer to McIntyre, Fowler a bit behind those guys, but um, I like them all better than like Pat and Kazir and Lucas Herbe. Herbe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that this next range of guys, I don't have a strong stance on. Keegan. This is the Sink. range I think you're getting big, like over, over ownership. Is over like ownership. The, the low yeah. AKs, like Maverick McNeely, Charles Schwartzel, Luke List, Hank Lebiota, like all those guys basically project the same as guys in the $7,400 range, but because of their pricing and in betting market odds and tout sentiment, like they're definitely getting steamed. Yeah, man. I would have loved, I would have loved for Dylan to have gotten it done at, uh, at the open championship would have been able to, would have been able to tout the take cast that he did. Pretty sure that's the only uh, podcast he's done. So I would have gotten some, some good reverse engineered clicks there. I'm, I'm bummed. Uh, I, I was getting ready to tout Luke List. There is no possible way I can play a 15% owned Luke List. I mean, they could be playing a long drive competition, and I still don't think that List would be playable. Even uh, He is coming off of back-to-back top fives, though, I guess, if I'm going to be fair. Yeah, I, I think it's also like the comfort. Like, I don't know. You listen enough content when you're going through fields like this. Like, if there's an old school PGA DFS name that's coming in with decent form. It's easy just to, to rattle them off. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was ready to be in there, but I mean, Woodland at a hundred dollars less and you know, Woodland, I, I, it's kind of funny. There are so many guys on the PGA tour right now who are going through a similar thing where they were really good for a long time. Now they're in the middle of like, not good form, like Ricky Woodland, uh, Henrik Stenson, like no form, Justin Rose, bad form. Like there's, there's just a lot of guys like that. Like, I guess that is just kind of the, the nature of golf. It, it, once it leaves you, it, it doesn't really come back, but Woodland at like five, 6%, I would be pretty interested in. If, if you're playing tout bingo, uh, we're morally obligated to mention Mito Pereira this week who won two straight events on the corn Ferry tour, missed the cut in his first PGA tour event, at the rock Morge classic, but then T5, the Barbasol, we are missing a projection for him right now, but the betting markets have him, um, you know, just behind Johnny Vegas, and he's the uh, the trendy tout play of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, I I missed out. We we got to I got tout bingo with uh, Guido last week. Um, I I would be remiss to not mention that Hank Laboidia, who I do not believe I have ever played in DFS before is coming in with a 20% projected ownership at 7,900. What is, what is going on there? <laughs> Three straight top tens at the John Deere, the Rock and Mortgage and the oh. Travelers. So at, at Birdie Fest events. I, and I guess, I guess this is, this is a very 
birdie fest event so i can't say that it's like unexpected or anything like that but that i just i don't know this it's is always like jarring because like you probably weren't playing too heavily during those events either so you're not no. sweating it quite as much um it's all tee to green well not sorry i shouldn't say it he's gained strokes tee to green in eight straight events his putter has been absolutely absurd during that time period as well but it's um so know, this like is that that's who's gonna bury me this week when oh, i don't yeah, play 21 percent owned tank laboidia and I mean, he's just gonna like make it. like every putt it's the perfect price too because he yeah like he doesn't even have to do it that much you can just t20 and you'll still be like tilting it uh dfs hero doug gim continues to receive massive like the the projections actually love doug gim like relative to what they're they're doing to guys like uh you know laboidia and patrick rogers the projections are actually saying that Doug Gim is like kind of a jam, even at 14%, 14% ownership. Yeah. Um, it, I like, ironically, I mean, for, at least over the past like eight events, Lebiotis hit the ball as well as Gim, but he can actually make putts, which Gim not really capable of doing right now. So uh, trying to reconcile that one at least a little bit. Um, but I know Gim, a lot of it's like the stroke skiing categories, I think is where he gets the boost um so again that's probably one where like the course fit is tinkering with things a lot because leviota actually has a 0.53 plus strokes game baseline and gims is 0.45 but once you learn the course fit gims ahead and so you have to be pretty confident that like the 3m classic at the twin cities is going to be that impacted by course fit and i'm just not sure if i'm there um yeah i i think i think probably i am going to err on the side of avoiding course fit like i think when i i think when i go do my my runs or whatever when i tinker with the projections i think i will move the slider because i just don't i don't like i i actually remember watching this event like i watched almost the entirety of this event when i had that bryson ticket and i just remember thinking like this it's just this is a very Detroit golf club ass golf course like there's not really the the one really cool hole is like the the 18 with all the water and everything but it just seems like a very straightforward golf course like the fit should just be guys who are playing well for those four days yeah and I think the the way I I like it is like if not having that be baked into the ex, like median expectation but like Brendan Todd for example 7300 looks like he's gonna be five percent owned right now he would be a good value even with course fit turned off based on his baseline. And then if, if the course fits accurate, then he's a smash. And so that is kind of like a stable play at low ownership that has upside baked in. And so I like Brendan Todd this week is one of the sub $7,500 players. Yeah. Todd, uh, just a, a noted favorite of our friends over at data golf, but like Todd should be a dude I hate but I think every time I've played him on, on data golf stuff, like I, I think he's gotten there. So I have no negative association with him. Uh, defending champion, Michael Thompson, 7,400. Are we, are we going, are we, uh, are we playing him? I mean, talk like talking about a course where putting is going to drive the results. Michael Thompson, a legit putting wizard. He, he is a putting wizard. That's for sure. Um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, you could, I could get there like 2% people aren't playing the defending champion and a lot of these guys project similarly the guys who kind of stand out um are that the accurate guys so Domin, stricker todd uh johnny vegas if you wanted to go more the bombers those are guys that kind of stand out for projections but otherwise it's a lot of players that 
look pretty similar to one another. Yeah, I think the the angle I wanted to tout was the uh, arbitrage Luke List plays. So your your uh, your Brandon Haggies uh, is Wyndham Clark in the field. Yeah, Wyndham Clark oh, sixty nine hundred. Um, he yeah. that that would be a good one. Uh, let's see who else here. Do, are we buying? Are we buying Byung Hun An finally finally uh, making some putts? We no. what he no, he was up there. Not. He was up there. T twenty six. T26 at the Open Championship, Benny Ann. We're not buying it? No, we're not buying it. Okay, we're, we're not buying it. One buying of the hard Benny things Ann. is, at least last week, you don't really have the strokes gain data. And so, right. like, we know Morikawa was first in the field in putting, but we actually don't know what his strokes gain approach was and how that, you know, impacts things and makes it a little bit harder to pull too much away from last week, not to mention the fact it was a different course in a different country and a different time zone. Uh, I think Bryce Garnett, 6,700, looks like a playable, cheaper dude. And then uh, what about what about this uh, plus EV projection on your guy, Jason Duffner? I um, – so, again, like this is – I mean, maybe you could correlate some of your lineups if you wanted to, to with some of these accurate guys because that's definitely where he's getting a bit of a boost. Um, but I actually touted Duffner before his T20 at the John Deere Classic just because – that field was pretty wretched and he's one of the few guys that when you go cheap, like he has extreme outlier upside with his irons. Like he can, when he's dialed in like the top end, like 25th percentile performances from him have been as good as some of the better players in this field. Um, It just, it's a little inconsistent and down here, there's not a lot of guys that really even have like a high end performance that is (laughs) in the top 10 of the field in any, any skill set. So I do think that's one good thing to look for. Yeah. Um, do you have any other takes on, on DK salaries? I, I mean, it just, it feels like probably I, I am going to, I'm definitely waiting to, to do anything until tomorrow afternoon. Cause I, I think I probably will play DJ on my main GPP team, even at this ownership, if he's in the field. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's bad? Do you think playing DJ is bad? No, I'd be between DJ and Reed myself. Yeah, so definitely waiting on that. Um, and there it looks like there's uh, enough playable guys. Also, a lot of very green numbers on uh, on the betting odds page on on DailyRoto.com. I, Colin, I have never, I have never in all of my years of doing this show with you and using the data golf tools, this is the funniest shit I have ever seen. Go look at Steve Stricker's. EV on his bets on the FanDuel Sportsbook on the betting page. That is, it's pretty aggressive for sure for Steve Stricker. It is. I mean, it's, it's like, honestly, it's so good. Like I kind of even want to bet it a little bit. Like, even though I know, even though I know that the input, it just cannot possibly be right. And that this bet cannot possibly be this much plus EV. I still want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels strange. Like, I guess they probably have his senior tour data in there a little bit. Um, And then I think, again, you're seeing a big, so with Stricker, his baseline is close to Gary Woodland, but then he's getting a 0.28 stroke adjustment upwards due to course fit with the majority of that being driving accuracy and a boost for not having to have good driving distance this week. And like, you really have to believe that. Um, so 
his his results on the pga tour by the way are like way better than you would think just knowing that it was steve stricker like like i'm looking at his results and i'm like i got t4 at the waste management like that can't be true and it's true yeah yeah They're, they're definitely fine um and like we kind of said it if you like some of these players this week at their current numbers like like Grio at 35 to one, if you like that number, um, any of these guys, Brendan Todd, 70 to one. Yeah. Todd, Todd looks like a bet. Damon looks like a bet. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not going to bet Kyle Stanley with my money, but he is showing up as a bet. Ryan armor as Pat, a, as a bet. Yeah. Like Patrick Reed, 19 to one. If DJ and Louie were to pull out, which, which isn't like totally out of the question. Um, then you'd see that number drop to like 10 or something like that. And right now it's just like a, a good sweat bet. Like it's 19 to one data golf has an 18 and a half to one. So getting like a smidge of EV, but you have upside if any of those guys happen to pull out. Well, and I, so another reason like this is just another golf betting thing in general is those tiny bits of EV to me on 18 to ones are like way more valuable than, you know, a hundred cents of EV on a guy who's 150 to one. Cause you're realizing that smidgen of equity much more often. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, one and done. Uh, I, I actually, if you, if you somehow still have Dustin or Louie feels like a great spot to use them. Cause most people would have dusted them off by now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's all I got there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Louie, you're probably not using in the, the playoffs either dj maybe you would consider using one of those events so i agree um yeah uh Ke- keegan or sergio probably the other guys i would think about you're not going to play Bo- bobby mcintyre maybe i will you know what let's just let's use bobby McIntyre. It, does, it, does, it like, doesn't matter anyways I'm i don't so have dj maybe i have Usti. i don't have fina i don't have reed don't have wolf sergio i guess would be the the guy bobby max baby All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening to the Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. Make sure to check out dailyroto.com for all of your golf projections and optimization needs, ownership projections, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week.